Hi, Scott Lackman, and welcome to the 450 TV podcast series, episode number five. Thanks to our listeners uh, for joining us over the last few episodes, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Um, There's plenty of more episodes coming your way across our networks of 450 TV and various platforms in the Moreton Bay region. The podcast series, we want to bring you detailed information about events happening in and around our region, but also there's some uh, global events and, um, and national events and state events that we want to keep on top of and share the news across our audience. So today uh, we're talking about the state government's proposed reforms to Queensland rental laws announced by Minister of Housing and Public Works Mick Brenny on Saturday the 16th of November. Um, quite a few changes coming into effect or proposed to come into effect um, for underpinning the Queensland law for tenancies. With me, uh, guest today, Karen George, Property Management Director of Richardson Ranch Caboolture, um, Welcome, Karen. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. You're back on again because um, from, I think it was episode two, we talked about uh, rental activity in the area and, and you know, everything property management related, but this is to the heart of the future of what that property management landscape looks like for investors, tenants and properties in general. Karen, um, give us a brief rundown of your take on these proposed changes at the moment. Okay. So the proposed changes that are around at the moment are into their second phase. So there was a first phase that went out from uh, the government saying, this is the information that we want to consider changing within the Residential Tenancies Act. And these are the things that are of concern. That gave everyone, landlords, tenants, property agents, private owners, um, body corporate owners, everyone involved in tenancies, a chance to have a say. Now they're at the second stage where they've pretty much got five key areas for everyone to take into consideration and give some feedback. An example of those five areas are ending a tenancy fairly, so giving the tenant a notice to leave at the end of a lease, minimum housing standards, um, does the property have screens, does the property have insulation, does the pro- is the property, are the stairs safe? So minimum housing standards. Uh, domestic and family violence, which is certainly important to everyone. Um, this is to implement some more guidelines and rules around if you're in a domestic and family situation and you needed to get out of a fixed tenancy, how that looks and the steps you'd take. Um, minor modifications. So this is a really scary one for everyone involved. Um, minor modifications are about changes, tenants being able to make a change to the property without written permission. Um, and we'll go into detail of some of the things that are an example there. Um, and the other big one is pets. So the prof- these suggested changes would say that the tenant doesn't have to ask permission to have a Great Dane in a small yard. They don't have to have permission to have three cats in a yard, in a property. Yeah, well, you've listed off five main concerns and I think that's, um, there's maybe not enough information has been published around these five topical points. Um, So let's go through them uh, in a bit more detail. And what we are going to do on today's podcast is we're going to cross to the REIQ, the Real Estate Institute of Queensland CEO, Antonio, um, for some comment as part of this podcast. But before we get her on the line, let's go through those points. So number one, ending a tenancy fairly. Uh, My understanding of that is that we can no longer or we will no longer be able to serve a notice to leave without grounds. Can you explain what without grounds means? Exactly. So um, an example of an owner giving notice without grounds is you're on a lease until the 20th of December and back in June the owner's work was finishing up and they need to move back to your town and they want to come back and live in their property. So you would give them a notice to leave without grounds. They haven't done anything wrong. 
the term is coming to the end of that term and without any reason, I need to move back to my house. You won't be able to do that without giving no sleep without grounds. Right. So what would be, there would be under grounds, there would be provisions for maybe hardship or mm-hmm. financial circumstances on behalf of that owner. There would be some legitimate reasons that we could give grounds for. Yes, there is. For example, the most common that everyone would experience would be if you would ask a tenant to leave because they're behind in their rent. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of giving a notice to leave with a ground. There is a reason. Or if you've sold the property, you give a notice to leave, property sold. So there are reasons. Coming back to your property without a specific something wrong that the tenant's done or something wrong with the property should be the owner's right to end a tenancy at an end of a time. Mm. Um, that is why we encourage in our in our office um, fixed leases. So the tenant is guaranteed of a set time. You may not know the future after that 12-month lease, but for that 12 months you are safe and secure in that tenancy. Yeah, because I guess just on that point with um, the most damaging reform is that effectively it could create a tenancy for life um, where if it isn't that fixed term, a tenant could possibly stay in a property for five, 10, 20 years um, without having reasonable grounds to ask them to leave. That's right. Um, so that's a, that's a concern for property owners. Um, for property owners. I don't think that involves um, the property managers because we, we do what we're told to do in relation to the relationship between the landlord and the agency. But as a landlord, it's still your property. You still pay that mortgage. You take full risk and full responsibility for that house to keep it in a certain standard for that tenancy to be able to live there. Okay. So from there, let's move on to the next Uh, one you mentioned, the minimum housing standards. That's a pretty broad uh, explanation. We do like this one. And you know why? I'm a little bit black and white. And I think minimum housing standards is, is a really good way for the owner to be expected to keep a property in a good condition and from a tenant to expect it to be. I do believe there is a proportion of our market where the owner doesn't fulfil their obligations in keeping the property to a good, healthy standard. Um, And I think this will protect. So I'm I'm very passionate about this one that I think that's really important. So um, as we understand, there's there's already some um, elements that... um that we have to involve in housing standards, and that would be uh, safety, so electrical safety switch and smoke alarms. That's correct. Um, and we talk about cleanliness and uh, fair condition of a house. So, yeah, again, there's a pretty broad outline there of what is being proposed. Um, move on to the next one. Um, oh, actually, we might skip that domestic and family violence for a moment. Let's move on to the minor modifications. What does that spell out? So I think the minor modifications is going to be the scariest for a lot of landlords. It pretty much is giving the tenant the chance, the opportunity, the choice to make any minor modifications to the property without written permission. And I'll give you an example of one of those. They could fit child safety locks to every wardrobe in the house. They could install screens to the property without permission. Um, They could have a cabinet for their spoon collection and they could screw that up onto every wall in the house without needing permission from the owner. Mm. Um, Yes, the hooks and nail thing, everyone puts a couple of hooks for their photo frames and when you leave, you must rectify that. Um, They could install security cameras in every bedroom and have little holes in every room without requiring permission. Um, So another quick one there. We know that um, if a tenant makes modifications at the end of the tenancy, they do need to return the property to the same condition and standard as when first moved in. But the concern there for landlords um, and property owners is that we hold a bond of four weeks rent, Mm -hmm. uh, possibly if a tenant's repainted or they've made additions and then they take those additions away. Um, How do we know that they're going to return the property to a uh, tradesman-like 
um, yeah, well, quality. The condition the property was when they first moved in. Mm. So what happens if I repainted my house and made it beautiful for a tenant to move in and after three years they removed all these modifications and tried to match the paint? Have you ever tried to do that at Bunnings or anyone? Um, yeah, it turns out to be a Dalmatian Never the same. Dog. And, um, and my question there is that obviously a bond of four weeks rent isn't going to cover the repaint of a house. Uh, absolutely not. And I know the intention from a tenant to patch some holes and repaint over is all is many times um, absolutely honest and upfront and they do try and do their very best. It's just never going to be the same. Mm. And is that okay then for the next person, the next person, the next person for that standard to deteriorate because it hasn't been brought back to the same condition? A, the money might have gone in cleaning or um, carpets or, or flip pest control. There's not going to be a lot left for painting. Yeah, correct. Um, so we've got through three points there. We are going to get Antonio Mercerella on the phone, REIQ CEO. I uh, just want to get her take from an industry standpoint and uh, there might be some uh, guidelines there for investors or agents to get involved as well. So let's get her on the line. Fantastic. Hello, Antonio speaking. Hi, Antonio. Scott Lackman from 4510 hey. TV. How are you going? Yeah, good, Scott. How are you going? Very good, thank you. And I know you're a terribly busy lady, but thank you for your time. No, that's all good. No, no, really happy to happy to do this. It's important. It yeah. is. It is. So on the line for our listeners, we've got Antonio Mercerella, REIQ CEO. And um, again, thank you for your time for our listeners, Antonio. I've also got Karen George in the studio, my sister and property management director of Richardson Wrench. So um, Karen, say good day. Good morning. Welcome. Um, so interested to hear what you're saying this morning in relation to the REIQ's approach. Thanks. Thank you. Good morning to you too. So, Antonio, we've briefly, just before getting you on the line, we've briefly discussed um, some main points of concern uh, regarding these proposed rental reforms. I'd like to hear from the REIQ industry standpoint um, mm. your concerns and what we can do as agents, investors, uh, property owners, um, if we have concerns about these reforms. Absolutely. So, look, I guess what I really wanted to start by saying is that uh, the REIQ has actually been supportive of the review. We, we want to see rental laws reviewed. We, we consider that it's incredibly important that the regulatory framework is right uh, and that it's fair and balanced. Uh, so I want to be really clear about that. What we know is that a, a huge proportion of our population are renters. It's, it's close to 35% and that number is on the rise. Um, so, so I think we have to understand that a good framework that is fairly balanced is essential. Uh, but that brings me to our position on these reforms, which is that our concern is that many of these reforms do not strike a balance. In fact, on the contrary, mm. uh, many of the reforms seek to completely disempower uh, the landlord, uh, really take away uh, the control that a landlord has over their assets. And, uh, and the decision and really impede decision making powers. And we think that's really concerning. Uh, what we know is that, um, is that inevitably we will see some landlords leaving the market and that's not being hysterical. Uh, this will tip many landlords over the edge. We also know that in Queensland we have a number of markets that have very tight, uh, uh, you know, availability is very tight, vacancy rates are very low and so what we know is that supply is essential and when supply is diminished it will increase rent prices mm. so ultimately whilst I think the Minister for Housing is suggesting that these reforms will help renters um, in actual fact 
what will happen is landlords will be feeling pain and feel the hurt, as will tenants. And the minister himself concedes that rents are likely to rise by as much as $18. Now, of course, those figures are included in the regulatory impact statement, but history has shown that they're often very conservative figures. But even if we assume that those figures are right uh, and not too conservative, uh, it still represents a 5% increase based on uh, the average rent for a three-bedroom house in Queensland. Um, a 5% rent increase is fairly significant. So so there's there, there's a fair few concerns we, we have in that. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, just, again, great to have you on the line uh, for our podcast. I think another part, you mentioned, like, the, the percentage, 35% of, um, of accommodation being rental, Mm. Um, from experience of our 25 years here in Caboolture, um, we know there's a lot of one-off mum and dad investors that, that choose to have investment properties. Now, yeah. if they start to feel like they're not in control of that investment, there's certainly those ramifications. I've been talking to Karen about you know how we end a tenancy fairly, um, how mm. we how we have a minimum housing standard. Now we elaborate on that that we have you know a house needs to be safe with electrical safety switch, smoke alarms, um, a clean standard, etc. But it really yeah. is a broad comment on those m- minimum housing yeah. standards. Mm. And uh, and that could impact on the mum and dad investor being able to afford to maybe bring that property up to scratch um, if it is maybe, right. maybe an older dwelling. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. I mean, what does concern me a little bit uh, a little bit is that there is a little bit of uh, if you read the regulatory impact statement and it's pretty mammoth in in length, mm. but. It, 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 it does. It, it actually acknowledges that the heavy lifting in Queensland when it comes to rental housing supply is is actually performed by mum and dad investors. The vast majority of rental accommodation is provided by mum and dad investors, mm. and these are not people with a with a, a multitude of properties, uh, which sometimes can be the way that media depicts landlords. Yeah. Uh, the vast majority own one, um, and we're not talking about. Uh, people who are rolling in, in wealth. We're talking about people who are trying to be responsible and, 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 and look after their future. And in many cases, what we know um, is that it can be really tough to be a landlord. Uh, often, uh, you're not, you're not uh, the income that you are generating from owning that property, in many instances, is not sufficient to meet, to meet the financial obligations that come with holding that asset. And of course, there's a longer term vision there. Uh, the aim is always to hopefully achieve growth, mm. and uh, and that and, and and hopefully the asset will grow in value, and in the end, it will be a worthwhile investment. That's the ultimate uh, objective. But I think we have to understand the important service ultimately that these private landlords are providing. We have seen uh, government, the government in Queensland, and indeed across across Australia, shifting away from social housing. Um, and so it, it, what we are seeing is increasingly that that responsibility rests on the shoulders of private investors. Mm. Um, and so I think we have to be really fair about that. And this is not about this is not about us saying that tenants shouldn't have rights. I want to be very clear about that. Mm. The REIQ has always been very balanced on this. We do a lot of work with tenancy, uh, tenancy groups and organisations. We want to be really fair about this. Um, but, but again, we have to consider that many landlords are already struggling and so these reforms will tip many over the edge 
and we're being quite sincere when we say, and, and we're already seeing comments uh, in, during our campaign that many are saying, there's just no way I would be able to hold on to my asset if these reforms are implemented. And, and I completely agree from a property manager on the ground point of view. Um, when a landlord comes to us to give us their property to rent out, it is a really big decision for them. If there are a mum and dad investor that have been transferred to Western Australia for work, it's a huge, a huge risk they're taking for someone to come and pay rent and look after the property the way they have. So for them to do that, at the moment, I can say to them, Here's the Residential Tenancies Act and these are the rules that the tenant must abide by and this is what I can control for you to make sure everyone knows the rules and the standards and the guidelines that we're going to um, go through during this tenancy. If mm. these guidelines are changed or if the tenants have permission to do minor modifications or keep pets without permission, then as mm. the agent, I have no control over being able to give that reassurance to the landlord to say your property That's will fine. be in the same condition. I know the Act says you must return it, but it's going to be really hard to do that and give everyone that reassurance from an, uh, from an ab investor. Ab absolutely. I think, uh, I, I think those are all really valid points. I mean, if you look at what, what these reforms are proposing, I mean, let's start firstly with, for us, mm. you know, at the very top of our of our priority list is that in terms of what changes we want to see made to these reforms. I mean, first of all, to suggest that a, a tenancy for life, effectively, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're really concerned with the way that this particular reform is being characterised by the Minister and by the Government. It, it's being uh, referred to as ending a tenancy fairly or abolishing a landlord's right to evict without grounds or without grounds termination. All of that language, in my view, is very, very misleading because in actual fact, um, currently, the law does not let you just end a tenancy uh, during, a, during a term. You can't just wake up as a landlord and decide, I'm going to boot the tenant. And so the way it's been described suggests that the law al allows you to do that, which, of course, it does not. What's actually being proposed here is that if a, if a tenant wants to stay beyond the length of the agreed term, whether it was six months, 12 months, two years, whatever it might be, if the tenant decides, actually, I don't want to go, I want to stay, the landlord will not have the right to say no. Mm. Now, how can that be reasonable? How can any objective person think that's reasonable. It's now, the minister, will, the minister will say, well, the landlord has grounds that they can rely on, but those grounds will be very limited. It will be things like the landlord wants to move back into the property. A family member wants to move into the property. Uh, very significant renovations need to be done to the property. And ultimately, uh, what it also says is the tenant needs to commit a very serious or a very significant breach for the landlord to be able to remove them from the property. Now, what other asset class, I, I don't know of any, where there is that kind of control, where government intervenes and says, we are going to control how long that tenant stays in your property, or the tenant, rather, is going to control that. We will create laws that allow the tenant to control that. I, I mean, I've even heard of tenants saying that that's outrageous. So yeah. we think that that is absolutely ridiculous. And I actually think that most people in the community, if you explain it accurately, will agree 
that that is absolutely ridiculous. So, and, 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 and again, that really sets the tone and the theme for these reforms. So if we start with a tenancy for life, a tenant dictating the term of their lease, we start there and then we look at that theme continuing. You can't say no to a pet. You can't say no to minor modifications. And again, I, I wouldn't mind speaking about that minor modifications because again, I think the inclusion of the word minor, mm. <laughs> when you actually look at the detail, I'm not sure I would describe them as minor modifications. But my point is that these reforms really say um, we're going to take really fundamental rights away from a landlord and we're going to pass that power wholly and solely to the tenant. And that's concerning to us. So yeah. we're not saying that reforms aren't required. We're not saying, we're absolutely not saying that. We're not saying we don't want safety in rental properties. The REIQ has been one of the main advocates for that reform. We want to see better safety standards in rental properties. So I want to be really clear about that. But you do not achieve those things by saying we're going to completely suck the landlord dry of any power that they have and we're going to transfer it to, to one other party in that transaction. That cannot be fair and that cannot be a good thing when it comes to rental stability. Yeah, totally agree. Thank you for your comments, Antonio. We we do appreciate your time uh, on our 4580 TV podcast. I'm sure this conversation is going to continue. What could... Um what can investors, property owners do um, via yep. the REIQ t if they have concerns over these proposed Absolutely. reforms? So, so yeah, great. Thank you. So, first of all, I would love to see all real estate professionals, landlords and tenants understanding what these reforms are really about. Um, it's a big read, but it's important that people do read that regulatory impact statement because it gives you insights into what it really is, and that's available through the Department of Housing website. You can go to our website, uh, au, and we give you uh, the ability to understand the impact that these reforms will have, and we've also created a really nice, easy function that allows you to submit a letter to the Premier you can either use a standard letter that we have prepared or you can amend that letter to suit your purposes so that it says what you want to say specifically. So uh, that's probably the best starting point, going to rentalreforms.com.au, having a bit of a read and writing to the Premier to let her know what your views are on these reforms. Yeah, perfect. And what we'll do with our podcast production, we'll put some links to the REIQ and to the rentalreform.com.au website so that people can um, can follow that. Uh, once again, Antonio Mercerelli, uh, REIQ CEO, we sincerely appreciate your time and let's get this message out. Let's get involved. What would be, final question, what what is the next step, um, Antonio? Mm. Um, when is the yeah. next? Um, so the the this consultation process is is it's only a very limited window of opportunity. It closes on the twenty eighth of December, so we're incredibly disappointed mm. with the timing of this at Christmas time. A cynical person would say it was strategically timed. Uh, so important that you get those submissions into government and let your voice be heard during that period. Uh, following that early in the new year we will expect to see draft legislation and that will make its way into parliament and then there are uh, of course some processes involved there likely to go to a parliamentary committee so we will continue to fight the fight we will continue to, to be well certainly to make our voice heard 
And hopefully uh, we will be able to convince the government that uh, more balanced reforms are required. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you, Antonio. Have a great day and we'll, um, we'll get this podcast out across our platforms so that everyone can get involved. That's fantastic. Thank you both Thank so you. much. Thank you. Okay, then. Thank you. Well, there we go, Kaz, um, Karen George, Antonio Mercerelli from REIQ. What's your takeaways? Um, obviously, she's very passionate um, from the industry body of making sure people are clear about these um, proposed changes. What would you say? So as a property manager in Queensland, I am so proud that we belong to an organisation that has a female leader like that who can succinctly say, I'm not taking sides, I'm just passing on the information that'll impact us. So warning, warning, read, educate yourself. If you're uncomfortable going to any websites, drop into a real estate office, go and speak to a property manager. This is their day-to-day job. Go and speak to them about what does it mean to you? Can you explain to me from a tenant point of view, what does it mean to me? Um, and then how do, you know, how do I have a say? Because like Antonio said, 35% of the market is in rentals. Like, come and talk to us. That's what we're paid to do. Educate you, communicate with you and, and work out negotiating. And that's what Antonio is doing from a more professional point of view as the RERQ is getting that information out to us so that we can have a formal say. All right, let's wrap up and finish uh, this podcast, episode five, the uh, proposed rental reforms for Queensland real estate. Um, prior to getting Antonio on the line, I just want to touch on those two other subjects. Um, pets. The pets. Let's mm. just give us a the look, quick rundown on pets. Look, really basic. At the moment, if you rent a house, you ask the owner, do you mind if I have a dog? You have it inside, you have it outside, you get a written permission on your tenancy that says, yes, one staffy dog permitted. Mm -hmm. Um, The reforms are saying that you shouldn't have to ask for that. You should just be able to buy three puppies on the weekend and have them in your backyard, whether they break through the fence, whether they cry every day and annoy your neighbours, whether they poo everywhere and no one picks it up, everything like that the owner won't have a single say. And our final comment, uh, touching on domestic and family violence, that's a very broad subject that affects all our communities, but there's going to be some proposed changes um, if you need to break a lease or vacate Mm -hmm. from a property due to those circumstances, what would be the take there? There are already provisions in place for this. Mm -hmm. So why change? Why... why, um, modify something that's already working. If you're in a position at the moment, you try and you go to your agent and you try and um, break the lease, you try to mutually arrange to leave the lease, you go to QCAT to end your tenancy, you get advice from many community services, police advice, everyone is there to help each party, but each party still needs to go through the process of it. Um, I think they're trying to minimise with these changes that the owner can be left without their property next week due to a family and domestic violence. So that legally binding contract that the tenant signed in the beginning is worthless. Okay, um, we'll wrap it up there. There's, uh, as we say, the conversation is going to continue um, over the next month. If you want to have your say about the rental reforms in Queensland, follow the links on our podcast uh, to the REIQ website and um, and follow those prompts. And uh, from a standpoint of Richardson and Wrench Real Estate in Caboolture, established 25 years, um, we have a, a property management portfolio portfolio of a thousand properties locally and we'll also be clear on the record that we advocate for tenants and landlords equally Mm -hmm. um, but there's some serious changes here that everyone needs to be aware of. 
that oh. will impact both tenants and landlords. So our door's open for anyone, any day. If you're a tenant or a landlord and you want to have a say about this, you want to discuss it with someone, you want more information, please drop into 87 Morayfield Road. Uh, we're here all the time. They're, all of our property managers are up on this information and we'd be happy to share. All right, lovely. A topical conversation, rental reforms in Queensland. Uh, as we say on 45 and OTV, stay tuned. <laughs>